social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm here today with Brittany Hennessy, and I'm so excited to be here with her. She's a brand director, social media consultant, speaker, and career and personal branding advisor for millennial women. She's worked on a number of campaigns, including Nivea's 100th anniversary, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, the launch of Gap's Born to Fit Jean, and the VH1 Hip Hop Honors. She's also served as the social media captain for the New York, New Jersey Host Committee for the Super Bowl. A strong believer in female empowerment, Brittany is the brand director for Lucille Roberts Gyms and the vice president of student affairs for New York Women in Communications. And she previously served as a social media Media Manager for Advertising Women of New York. She's got a rich history, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Welcome, Brittany! Yay, thank you. So Yay. happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. What an amazing kind of bio and story. You've it sounds got this. so impressive Doesn't when it? somebody else Aren't says you impressed it? Like with yourself? It. Because I'm quite <laughs> impressed with you, and I just need to know your story of how you came to be you. How I came to be me. Ooh, yes. How one. did you earn that amazing bio? So I started out, I went to Rutgers University, did not want to go there. It was in New Jersey. I was like, New Jersey is the place you go through to get to Philadelphia. Exactly. Why do I have to go to school here? My mom's friend's daughter went there. So that's how I ended up there and majored in journalism, didn't really know what I wanted to do. My mom wanted me to be like a hard news anchor. She wanted to be like the next Cokie Robert. She wanted <laughs> me to like win awards. And I was like, mom, this is so boring. And so I did a bunch of internships to find out what I don't want to do. And I ended up doing some PR, which was great. I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. This is different. And really nothing to do with journalism. There's some writing, but for the most part, it's not like the inverted pyramid and all that stuff. So I did some of that and I liked it and I did more internships than that. And then when I graduated, I could not find a job, not in anything. And so I'm just applying to anything and everything under the sun. And I ended up working at... Um, Abrams Artist, which is uh, a talent agency, and they do voiceover and on-camera commercials, which is cool because when I watch TV, I know everyone in a commercial. Wow. I know all their names, their life stories, what other roles they've had. So it's a lot of fun to watch TV that way. But I didn't like it. Um, I missed writing, so I had started a blog, Shishi212, which was my little nightlife baby. And I was covering a lot of the events that I was still getting invited to from the girls at my old internships. And it was just for me to keep my writing fresh. And then one day my site crashed and I was like, what's going on? And my friends were calling me. They're like, you're on the cover of the New York Magazine website. And I was like, <gasps> wait, what? They're like, your story. 
And apparently I had this story that I just was posting in fun, but it turned out to be like real investigative journalism. Um, There was like a cocktail list that hadn't been published and it was so secret and I had it. I scanned it and I put it on my site and apparently this was like a thing. So then I had this site and people were reading it and I'm like, okay, let's see what I can do with this. So I, I started writing it and I quit my job to focus on my site full time which was a lot of fun. And then, you know, I did that for, it's still active, but I don't do it so much. I did it for about five years. And then in the fifth year, I got a call and someone said, hey, um, we heard that you're like a prominent nightlife blogger. And I'm like, okay. And they said, we work for Nivea and we're doing the 100th anniversary and we're doing this huge cruise in Germany with Rihanna. You have to be ready to fly in three days. And I was like, what? Is this a scam? Like, are they going to kidnap me? Who? How did you find me? And it was to a friend of a friend who verified it. And I didn't even have a passport. So I went down to the, (laughs) the post office. I was like, I need an expedited passport. And I was on this flight and they paid me just to hang out on a boat and run around Germany and watch this Rihanna concert and tweet. And I was like, wait, this is a job? People do this for a living? <laughs> and so when I came back, I was like, oh, no, I don't I don't want to do journalism. I don't want to do PR. Like, I just want to tweet and go to cool stuff. So that ended up being where I was looking for opportunities. And my husband's mother has a very prominent skincare line. It's used by a lot of celebrities, Luzerne Labs. It's in, like, five-star hotels and on a lot of cruises, but she had no Facebook, no Twitter, none of that. And I said, let me experiment on you. Be my first, you know, my first project. And she paid me, which was very nice of her. Um, And so I started working on that, and then I started looking for more opportunities, and then eventually I ended up with, I did, like, The Gap, and then I was doing The Super Bowl, and then I did Advertising Women of New York. And somewhere in there, I, I ended up at Lusso Roberts because I saw an ad on Craigslist and I was really deciding, do I want to go back to being full-time? I really like freelancing. It's so much fun. I don't have to be anywhere at any particular time. But I also wanted a steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I wrote – you know, I thought about writing a pretty generic cover letter. And I was like, ah, let me really – I pretty much wrote them a marketing plan. And I said, your marketing is terrible and I can fix it. So this is what you should do. And it was like two pages long and I sent it to them on a Wednesday, I interviewed on Friday, and I started on Monday. And then that was two years ago. So that's my story. Really no direct path. Lots of yelling from my mom. Somewhere in there, I also went to law school for six months. <laughs> Completely hated that. Like, my mom was like, you really need to figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like, I was 23 years old. I don't need to know what I want to do. I'm just going to do lots of things, and hopefully something will stick. And I'm glad I didn't settle for any of the other things because I have the greatest job of all time. I don't really – my boss doesn't micromanage me. She, like, lets me – she lets me fly, and I picked my whole staff. So they're all, like, my little children. And I kind of just get to have ideas and then make them come to life almost instantaneously, which is – so, it's so cool. I never thought I'd have a job where I could dream up something. And then in like a week, I can see it happening, playing out. And it came from my brain. So it's that's, pretty cool. That's pretty incredible. What an incredible story. So you, there's a lot there from your story that I think that some of our younger listeners can can learn from. So when you looked at, you know, and thought about doing lots of things and seeing what sticks, mm-hmm. is that advice that you would recommend to somebody who's just coming out of school and unsure of what they want to do? Should they try lots of things and see what sticks? 
I think you should because for all you know, your dream job hasn't even been invented yet because when I graduated from college, I graduated in 2007. Facebook like had just become a thing that you could only join if you were in college. You could only be friends with other people from your college. It was in its baby stages and there wasn't any other social media really. So I never would have known this would be a job or an industry and – so what was I supposed to do, sit around and wait for something? So I knew that if I tried enough things, something would feel right. And none of those things felt right. And not journalism, not PR, not working at an agency. And my motto has always been there's so many things in life that will make you unhappy without you even trying. So the things you can control, like your job, why would you work somewhere where you're not super excited to go there every day? And none of those things did it for me. And I have a a second, I guess, set of qualifications. I worked in restaurants for a long time as a hostess and a maitre d' and a manager. So anytime I tried something in communications that didn't work, I didn't have a problem quitting and then going and being a maitre d' to pay my rent for a few weeks until I found something else. So I think that's important to have a plan B because you really can shoot for your perfect plan A. I have to tell you, I think that working in the restaurant field is one of the best things that anyone can do because it's such a great backup plan at all times. Always. And you Always. make more money in you, the restaurant. No kidding. No kidding. In no most kidding. Of the it's a, ca- field, a cash so. friendly business. Gotta yeah. love it. Gotta love it. Okay, so you landed at your dream job. You landed at Lucille. And here you are now. So tell me a little bit about Lucille's uh, overall social strategy. What did you recommend to them in that two-page memo? Sure. So the first thing I noticed was everything was very outdated. The Mm -hmm. colors weren't very fresh. And it's like a ladies' gym. So it should feel – it felt very unisex, which you're losing something really important there. And the tone of the brand, they, they spoke in corporate speak. Like, we think you should do this. And we, and that was the first thing I got rid of. So now it's like your fitness girlfriend. You know, we do things like, hey, we know it's 4th of July and you're barbecuing, but, you know, eat your vegetables first. So then you can, you'll be a little full before you try everything else Mm -hmm. and get one slice of cake. If you really want to get some more, you know, it's more like, oh, we understand people cheat and people don't go to the gym every day. And sometimes you're hungover. Sometimes you're Mm -hmm. sick. So it's We changed it to more like your fitness girlfriend, and people ask us a lot of questions, like I'm trying to lose weight, I just had a baby, and my wedding's coming up. And it's so much less like doctor sounding, which is – it really was very corporate and closed-minded. And the brand, the voice of the brand was very afraid, I mm-hmm. guess, to really engage with people, mm-hmm. but that's why we're there. What, so why took... would I follow you on Twitter if you're not going to talk to me? Right. So it's more of a BFF approach. Yes, definitely. I think it says, like, you're BFF for all things fitness. I think that's our Twitter bio. Wow. It might be. Yeah. So we did a lot of that. And then really the biggest challenge, which I think started happening maybe a year ago, is we changed – the look of the Lucille Roberts woman because I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but they're very Mm -hmm. like, you know, high pitched and bouncy girls with like makeup and sports bras. (laughs) And, you know, 30 years ago, sure, because we've been in gym since 1969. So we've had to grow and change. Right. You know, and I really had to sit down with the CEO and say, you know, this is not what women look like anymore. And if we're going for the demographic that's social, this 18 to 35, 
we have to do and we have to look and sound and feel like what they're used to seeing. So we spend a lot of time on Instagram and lots of strong is the new sexy yep. and lots of women are – I'm like – I told him, I said, women are lifting weights. Like they're totally. not afraid to like have muscles and they're not afraid that maybe they can do more push-ups than their boyfriend. Like they're not afraid of those things anymore. So now if you see – we recently started running Facebook ads. If you see – all the Lusa Roberts imagery, all the women really embody our tagline, which is strong, sexy, confident. And they all look very strong. Like, I wish I was in shape. Like, some of these people we, we use and, and some of the members that we highlight on our newsletter. But we really just had to step away from, you know, girls who wear makeup at the gym. And yep. I've never seen anybody in a sports bra and short shorts. Like, no. you've got on, like, your cool T-shirt. You've got your, like... Nike bright colored sneakers. So now that's what the girls look like. They look like people who go to our gym. And so how difficult was it to execute that socially, that shift in tone? Because a tone, obviously, you've been around since 1969. Mm-hmm. It, the tone is inherent, right? It's, it's, it's an earned tone over time. So when you're changing that, how do you use social to do that? I think we kind of just – I think I made an announcement like, hey, there's new people running social and we're going to change it up. And I think it just was an announcement and we just dove into it. And it took a while, but people were like, hey, you guys sound different. Do new people work there? And we're like, yes, new people do work here. <laughs> Hello. How are you? And so, you know, it was one of those things we kind of just dove right in and we said, let's see if it works. Because, you know, we're not doing anything too outrageous and you can always reverse it. But – it's, you know, common knowledge that people want to talk to a person. They don't want to talk to a logo. So I said the odds that this is going to fail are pretty slim. So let's just jump in. And how how did you manage to get the level of buy-in that you have from corporate? Because one of the things you mentioned is you can come up with an idea, your team can get together and make it happen. How do you get that C-level support and what do you recommend as you're working in an organization that it might be more difficult to get that? I think one of the things people don't do enough is point out when they're right. Mm -hmm. And so every time I've tried something that has worked fantastically, I write it down. I send an email to everyone like, look at my idea and look, it worked and look how much more money we're making. You're welcome. And so any time where something was like, oh, well, we don't know. I'm like, well, look at my track record. I haven't been wrong yet. So just let me do it. What's the worst that can happen? I said, we don't run like a hospital where we're killing people. Right. This is a gym. It's Facebook. This is not, you know, this it's fun. It's exciting. So really having a long list. Like I keep my list of I have like an awesome list of all the awesome things that I've done. And I update it like weekly. And every once in a while I send it out like, hey, just a reminder, my department's <laughs> awesome. So, you know, it really is. It came to a point where they just were like, got to let her go. And anytime they try to like red tape me, I said, listen, I can't work like this. Like I'm a creative. You just just. Get out of my way and I will make you money. And I think it, I had to do that a few times. And now whenever something happens, they're like, we don't even know. Just let Brittany handle it. Get out of her way. Uh. And I'm like, that's right. So you train them well. I did. You, you know, train them well. And it's, it's, it, it helps to be good at what you do. Yep. <laughs> if I wasn't good, I wouldn't have that right. sort of approval. And it helps, too, that I'm the target demographic. And so is the rest of my staff because we're looking for city girls between 18 and 35. We have a very diverse company and our marketing has to reflect that. And, 
you know, our CEO's a guy. So he's like, I'll, I trust you because uh, you're a girl and you know. And, you know, sometimes they try to think what other people are doing. And I'm like, we're special and we're millennials. We are totally different right. breed of customer. Like things you used to do before are not going to work. So I was like, you have to trust me. Like we sit in a th- – they're like, we should hire a focus group. I'm like, we are the focus group. Right. I have like a 22-year-old, a 26-year-old. Yep. I'm 28. Like I have a black girl and a white girl and a Spanish girl. Like we're the focus group. Right. You look around and this is all that needs to be said. Absolutely. So, I said, and focus groups cost money. What? Why? So, you know, it, it took it took I think a year and a half of really reminding them, poking them, pulling out my awesome list. But now I don't really have – you don't have, have as much trouble. No. Because it sounds like it's about being good at what you do, but not just being good about what you do, but actually selling how good you are at what you do. Definitely. The, the awesome list is definitely reminding them about how great you are sure. and the, the accomplishments that you've done. Yeah, lots That's of times we have, we have consultants come in and they say things that are totally off brand. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. That's not our brand. You're coming in. You don't know our brand. You don't know our customer. I know what I'm talking about, and none of this is going to work. So we're not going to hire you because you don't get it. Yep. And I think the brand – Lucero Roberts didn't really know what the brand was before I got there. It was kind of like, oh, we're this gym. And I changed it. I was like, we're not a gym. We're a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things I did. And so everything is, would the Lucero Roberts woman do this? If no, then we don't use it. Right. If she would, then we'll push it further. So – I think establishing the brand voice, the brand look, feel, identity, I changed the font, I changed like the tagline, just anything that didn't feel right to me, I changed it and it's been working really well. So And it sounds like you were really empowered to do that too. Yeah, I have so my direct report is the vice president of operations, her name's Barbara Palante. She's she lots of times was the only woman at the table because a lot of our executive board they're mm. men and she is really like She's all about go girl and whatever you need and I believe in you so I'm going to help you do this. So I was definitely less afraid to make a lot of leaps because even if I messed up, she'd back me up, which is so important to have that, you know, especially when I'm I'm trying to tell, you know, the big men at the top that you don't know what you're doing. So I really needed her backup awesome. often and she always supported me, which is great. She's the, well. She's one of the best parts of my job because if I didn't have her support, I probably wouldn't be able to do half the things I can do and I wouldn't be happy there. I think it's critical to have somebody in your corner and have somebody at the table who really believes in what you do. For sure. So you, one of the things you mentioned about was about how you're able to make Lucille Roberts more money, right? You do great work mm-hmm. and then it, it works. Is the focus about new memberships? Is the focus about retention? Where is the focus and how are you able to use social to show a return? So we started out – we now have two departments. We have one that's focused entirely on member retention. Mm-hmm. So that's Barbara Baez and she's our social media manager and she's on every network possible engaging with the members. She does a little bit of customer service, making sure they're happy and really just keeping involved with people because the biggest thing is you miss one day of the gym, then you miss three days, then you miss a week and then we've lost you and then you cancel, which is not good for our business. So she really spends a lot of time – engaging with members and talking to them saying, hey, you know, how many times you said you were going to go three times this week and I'm looking at your four square check-ins and you've only been here once, (laughs) so what's going on? 
And people like to be called out on that sort of thing. You're like, oh, yeah. no, it's a hard week. And then we'll send them, like, links to our YouTube channel. Like, all right, we'll do these. Like, oh, they're, oh, I'm on vacation. Well, here's some things you can do in your hotel room. Like, don't fall off the wagon. You know, fitness is a way of life. It's not something you force yourself to do. So she really spends a lot of time engaging with the members and keeping them happy and connecting a face and a voice to the brand. And so, like, if they leave, not only are they leaving Lucille Roberts, but they're leaving Barbara. Nobody wants to leave her. She's so sweet. She goes into the gyms and they're like, Barbara, I tried that thing you sent me and it was great. And she's, like, sending them recipes. And nobody even knows who I am when I go into the gym. I'm like, what, what happened here? I go with her and they run right past me. And they're like, Barbara, oh, my God, I saw this thing you posted. So she's great. And then I have another girl who's fantastic, Marielle. She's our brand outreach. So she's Anytime people are like, oh, I'm thinking about joining Lucille Roberts, she jumps right in there on Twitter and she's like, hey, so you're thinking about joining. Let me know if I can help. If we send out emails, she does all the responding. And so I have two girls who are fantastic, both super, super, super nice, which you have to be because mm-hmm. it's customer service. And they get in there and they, they really use social to find people and then to connect with them on multiple channels, which is great. And in terms of channels, how do you determine which channels are best for Lucille Roberts? How do you know what works and what doesn't? I think for the most part, we tried everything first. And things have different purposes. So Facebook, we learned, is really our broadcasting channel. It's an extension of our website. So we're constantly pushing out content and asking questions. That's where we run most of our contests and we engage with people. Twitter, we're on it because we need to be on it. But it doesn't really work do much for us, we've Mm -hmm. noticed. Mm -hmm. Like, we have 45,000 Facebook fans and, like, 3,000 Twitter followers. It's, like, not even. Right. But it's there because sometimes people do want to send us a quick tweet, like, oh, I'm having trouble with my billing or something like that. They don't want to log in and make a Facebook message. So we keep it. It's more of a customer service channel, I would say. And then Instagram is our newest one. I think we've had it for two years now. And that's really where we just post a lot of brand building mm-hmm. things. So a ton of people follow us who don't even live by Aluso Roberts. Mm. Like they live, you know, in a different state or a different country. And that's really just where we're reinforcing the brand. And we do more fun things there because the demographic is so much younger. Yes. We can say some things that we can't say on Facebook. We can post some pictures that on Facebook. Some of our older members would be like, what happened to the Lusa Roberts I knew? So we use Instagram a lot as our, our testing ground. and. Awesome. Seeing what will work. And we'll post pictures, and if they do really well, we'll repurpose that photo into an ad or into, like, an email that we send out. Oh, that's great. So you use it, like, for imagery testing, too. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you guys have done some really cool things. You have your blog, and I know about Freebie Fridays, and also your radio channel, right? You guys launched the radio channel? We did. So I think it's a little over a year old, and I have a friend, Lindsay Love. She's, like, celebrity DJ, and I had this idea, like, when you go into a Victoria's Secret, it, like, has a sound. Like, you go, and it's playing this music, and, like, that's what Victoria's Secret sounds like. And she actually does a lot of their music. So I said, hey, would you be interested in doing, like, Lucille Roberts radio? She was like, that's a great idea. So I put out a plan and I, I had to sell it. I was like, we need this. I'm like, go. And they're like, well, we don't really know. And it's kind of expensive. So what I did was I did a test. I went to five different Lucille Roberts at different points of the day. And I wrote down what was playing in the gym. And most of the time, commercials. Right. Because we're playing the radio station. Right. 
or Pandora, which like goes off on a tangent and starts playing Disney music in the middle of like your Pitbull playlist. And you're like, Aladdin, no. I didn't ask for that. So I told him, I said, this is what you hear when you come in. I said, we need to have a sound like you need to come in and you need to hear the music. And like, this is a place I could hang out for an hour, two hours and exercise. So when they heard that, they were like, really? They're all playing commercials? Yeah, they're all playing commercials, not music. And so they let me do it. And I think it took maybe two or three months of planning. And then it was up and running. And it's it's great. It's great. People love it so much. And you can download the app and you can listen to it. People are like, oh, I use your music on my runs. So even when they're not in the gym, they're still connecting to Lucio Roberts, which is great. great. And people who don't have a Lucio Roberts but love the playlist. So we are just making sure whether we can get you to join or not, you need to be living the lifestyle. Exactly. So what would you say is the most successful social campaign that you've done? I know you guys have done a lot. We do a lot. I think Freebie Friday has got to be the best one that we started, which was actually inspired by like DSW because we're obsessed with that one. We have like little reminders. We're like, time for the shoes. So (laughs) we started doing it and we weren't sure. Like people were entering and people liked it and it had a lot of entries. But one day we didn't do it. I said, let's do a test. And we didn't do it. And we were flooded with people like, where is Freebie Freebie Friday? Friday? And we're like, oh, this is this is a good one. People like it, which is great because then we know we can post like more important Facebook posts right around that time because right. people are checking. So we have a point where we know we're getting eyeballs, which is great. So I think that's definitely been the most – and it's awesome. the most fun one. Who doesn't like free stuff? Explain how, how Freebie Friday works. So we post a question and sometimes it's related to one of our YouTube videos. We might ask you the name of our latest playlist or – a question from the blog, and then it's everything that we – every question we post drives you to something that we own. So you have to – because people don't know we have a YouTube channel or a radio station, and the question will help them with that. And then we have, like, this forum. You fill it out, and then we have pretty good prizes. We've started doing, like, a mystery bag. So we don't actually tell you what's in it until you get it, but it always has cool stuff. Sometimes it has sneakers in it. It'll have jump ropes and T-shirts and – um, beauty kits. We like do a little stalking of the person who wins. Mm-hmm. We like go on your Instagram and your Pinterest, see what you like, and then we'll send you um, a nice little package, and it'll come. It'll go to your gym, and you can pick it up. So people have liked it. They're like, "This prize is really good." We're like, "We know. We spend That's a lot of terrific. time." Clearly, I need prizes. to get on there on a Friday. You do. I you hope do. I'm eligible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we talked about some of the biggest successes. What would you say is the biggest challenge for Lucille Roberts in social? The the biggest challenge, I think, is what we're dealing with right now. So we just – they ran them a little bit before I got there, but I I don't think it did so well. We're doing Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. For a long time, we were running television, Mm -hmm. lots of TV, Mm -hmm. and TV is insanely expensive. People have DVRs. People are on Netflix. They're not watching commercials anymore. It's hard to measure if they're actually working. And so we're we're doing – like we're just jumping in and we're doing like ton of Facebook ads. We're doing some Google ads. We're going to start doing some influencer, like finding people who have a lot of Instagram followers and having them post things that we're doing. So we're really – we did a big shift in money to digital. Mm. And so that's where we are right now because we're all learning together like these, these this picture isn't working and this tagline's not working and this is working better than this. Why? And just, you know – Making sure that we have conversions because that's one of the things. If we don't have conversions, they'll go back to TV, which exactly. I know isn't the way to go. I'm like, we have to go digital, especially because a lot of people don't know we've rebranded. 
And so they're getting these ads in their feed and they're like, oh, what is this Lucille Roberts? This looks a little different. So it's so far it's working really well, better than I could have hoped. So I'm very excited. Added it to my awesome list. Like, try this. It's awesome. <laughs> so that's that's where we are right now, just figuring out how do we scale out something like this yep. and how do we get people to go from Facebook ad to actually purchasing to conversion. Yep. the membership. And it's working and we'll keep testing things and we're all going to go to like a bunch of seminars and do some training and learn everything we possibly can. But it's it's working. It's working really well. And it helps that we have like an awesome graphic designer. I go to her desk. Her name's Caitlin. I go to her desk and spew out nonsense. I'm like, I want this and this over here. And she needs to be blonde. And there needs to be like a sunset in the back uh-huh. with that funny <laughs> font that we use. And she just looks at me and then she gives me something. And I'm like, this is why you work here. She gets awesome. it. She gets yeah, it. That everybody on my staff like has to because I just, I just talk out loud. And sometimes you're like, should we be listening? And I'm like – half listening because I'm just running through things and then I'll have some idea and I'm like, write this down, write this down. And so we're like a very, very close team, mostly because I'm a little crazy and they've all figured out how to deal with me to get their job done, but it works. I love it. I love it. So how do you find, you also have a very robust personal presence for yourself in terms of what you're able to do for your own personal brand online. Talk to me about that when you go from freelancing Mm -hmm. to working full-time at an organization, do you lose that time for you and your own personal brand? I look at it as having two full-time jobs. I think that's what it is. People, a lot of people are like, oh, anybody could update Facebook. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just about updating like you have to actually engage with people and as sad as it is like people do care about how many followers you have so I've Mm -hmm. been like a little obsessed with my follower account I think Mm -hmm. I've got like 500 followers in like three months yes (laughs) so you know and just being able to be an expert in your field so that when you have opportunities you can capitalize on them and I really just like those sorts of things because I like to share the things that I know and you can't really share things in a vacuum so the more I'm positioned as an expert, both in social media and branding, and even in like career advice, mm-hmm. um, the more I, the more people I have access to, and I can tell them all the things I know and all the things I wish I knew. And the way I look at it, a lot of people are very stupid. Some by choice, some by chance. Mm-hmm. And the less stupid people there are, the much better everything just works. Because when you have to deal with somebody, they know. And you're like, oh, this is great. I don't have to explain anything to you. And a lot less errors and less people doing things that make you roll your eyes. Like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. So the more people are intelligent and know what's going on, everybody's job just works so, so much you're, better. So you are on a quest to eliminate the stupidity <laughs> in the world. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, because you know, sometimes people just need to be told, like, do it this way. And they're like, oh, this is so much better. And, like, if you just left them, it might be a whole other year before they figure that out. And if you have to deal with them, it's like I could show you how to do it and deal with you doing it the right way or not show you and have to constantly correct you. And it's such an easy choice. Just... Yeah, you're just – I mean, it's, like, necessary for you to do. It is. <laughs> it is. So tell me this. If you had – I'll give you the first, the easy, and then the, the harder – If you were describing Lucille Roberts' voice or brand in three words, what would it be? And if you were describing your personal brand voice in three words, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good one. So Lucille Roberts, that's an easy one. That's easy. Our tagline's three words. So we're going to go strong, sexy, confident. Nice. And for me, 
Oh, I don't know. I would say it's a little sarcastic. So I'll go sarcastic. I'll go entertaining. And I'll do hopeful because I think people are they're a little strange. But, you know, every day you see things that are happening. You're like, wow, we are progressing rapidly. And innovation is just so much. That's the coolest part about working in social media is just seeing everything that's happening. And it's like the world's going to be really awesome six months from now, right. a year from now, five years from now. And so I love that. Lots of hope. Lots of hope on my timeline. I love hopeful. So if somebody were to follow Lucille Roberts and somebody were to follow you and follow these amazing brand personas, where would they find you? So Lucille Roberts, easy, at Lucille Roberts. We're at Lucille Roberts on everything. Except YouTube. We're Lucille Roberts gyms because there's a person named Lucille Roberts <laughs> oh. who's like a 13-year-old girl from Alabama. Impressive. And they won't give it to me. So I'm oh, working on that. Sad. But, and I'm too legit to Brit. So the number two, legit, number two, B-R-I-T-T. You are too legit to Brit. I was trying to come up with a name, and my friend said, oh, I have a name for you. So I can't take credit for it because I actually didn't come up with it. But it's the best Twitter handle ever. And it's it has, like, pretty, song. pretty brilliant. <laughs> it is brilliant. So you must follow Too Legit to Brit. She is truly incredible, and I'm so lucky to have her on my podcast today. You can also check out her blog, right? BrittanyHennessy.com. Yes. com, And you can also, of course, check out Lucille Roberts and everything they have to do on all their social properties. And especially visit there on a Friday because yes. there could be a freebie in your future. Lots of free stuff. Love it. All the free stuff. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.